Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's so great to be here with you. My name is Amanda Poole-Walsh. I'm the founder of Astrology Hub, and we are here today with Michael Bryan, who is a traditional Renaissance astrologer. He's also our current inner circle astrologer guide, and he has just completely blown our minds with every different thing that we've had from him so far. So we had our new moon forecast, our full moon forecast, and our mastery class teaching from him. And so I just had to have him on the weekly weather so that all of you can experience his brilliance and his beautiful heart. So Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the weekly weather this week. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I'm, I'm always super inspired to be here with you and to be with your community. And I think that you have cultivated an amazing space. And I'm super excited to dive into the weekly astro weather forecast with you. Awesome. Okay, well, let's start. Well, actually, before we do that, a reminder that this is the last week to submit a review for the podcast in celebration of our 3 million downloads. Thanks to all of you who have listened to this podcast, shared this podcast. And so what you can do is if you have been inspired by the podcast, if you like it, you can go to your podcast player. That's either iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a review, make sure you leave your name, and then you'll have a chance to win a mastery class teaching from our academy of your choice. It could be Michael Bryan's um, of your choice. And then uh, either a character and destiny report, a personalized report, or the essential year ahead report. So Friday's your last day to do this. Thanks to everybody who has already done it. It's so amazing to read your feedback. And I'll look forward to hearing from more of you over the next week. Okay, Michael, so let's start with the overarching theme for the week. When you're looking at the energy, what would you say is the theme that we can kind of anchor around? Amanda, the main theme that's coming up this week is the sense of us honoring our personal contracts. And uh, the one on the one hand, we think about contracts as being agreements that we make with other people. But I think that it's also indicative of the agreements that we make to ourselves. And when I think about this theme of honoring our personal contracts, I'm reminded that there's even deeper contracts within ourselves, those contracts of destiny, those contracts of fate, that maybe some of us are still trying to figure out what exactly those contracts are that we made with the universe before coming into this physical life. And I think that it's important for us to not just honor those contracts, but for those of us who are still uncertain as to what those contracts are on a deeper, more spiritual level, for us to spend this time this week to kind of figure out exactly what it is we're meant to be doing right now so that we can live in harmony with those contracts as well. Michael, I have found that asking the right questions can sometimes unlock those kinds of big answers that Mm -hmm. we're seeking. So if we were to walk with certain questions this week, anybody who isn't sure about their destiny and what they're here to do, what questions would you suggest that we quote unquote walk with? You know, Amanda, as a part of my divination practice where I I practice the Kabbalistic tarot as well, one of my daily questions that I hold within myself for the universe is what guidance do you have for me right now? And that question, it's, it's large and it's open-ended, but it allows for so many of the blanks to be filled in. You know, when we walk through life with this understanding or with this question of saying, hey, I am here, I'm ready, I'm open, and I don't know what I don't know, but I want to know. So what guidance do you have for me right now in terms of me living in the highest amount of harmony with who I'm meant to be? And I think when we focus on that question and when we allow that question to be a central factor in how we move through the world, then the world around us starts to give us the answers that we're looking for to assist us in living in greater harmony with our own truth that we're meant to manifest within this lifetime. Mm, I love that so much. Very, very powerful. All right. So why are you saying this? Like, why is this the particular focus of this particular week? 
You know, this week we have a lot going on. And even previously, when we take a look at the new moon for this month of March, we see that there was the new moon in Pisces, which was followed by the full moon, uh, the, the full moon with the moon in Virgo. And so we have this moment when we have a lunation in Pisces to really take a step back and dream a new dream. And that's kind of been a theme that I've been sharing with people a lot recently, this thought that we have been given the opportunity this month to dream a new dream about how we see ourselves in the world, how we want to be seen in the world, and what is meaningful and true to us in the process of expressing ourselves in the world in that way. And at the same time that we had that new moon in Pisces, we also had a conjunction of Mercury and Saturn. And Mercury and Saturn at the beginning of this lunation really set off this concept of honoring the power within our words, honoring the power within what we say and how we say it and who we say it to and to make sure that we're meaningful with the verbal contracts that we're committing ourselves to and with the verbal agreements that we find ourselves making. The, the last thing I'll say about this, this um, Mercury-Saturn conjunction is it really challenges all of us to pay attention to how we are expressing or communicating about what's most true for us within the world at large. And I was sharing recently that there is uh, a part of how we do that is by making sure that the people around us know what our name is or know what our names are. Because the, the name, the process of naming something or the process of having a name within ourselves it's a really big deal in terms of us starting to feel as if we're living in harmony with our truth, because your truth is also part of your name. You know, your name is Amanda, my name is Michael, and making sure that people know how to say that name and that they're not mixing it up with something else is symbolic of making sure that we're sharing our truth with people in all regards so that people, when they interact with us, are absolutely certain about who it is they're interacting with so that they don't confuse what they can bring to us or so that they don't confuse how they can treat us because we are so deeply established in the truth of our name, both our actual human name, but also our energetic name. What is the name that you want people to call you when you step into a space energetically? How do you exude that from yourself? How do you demand that from your environment? This honoring the truth of our names is really a big part of honoring our personal contracts because the first contract that we have to honor is how we want ourselves to be seen and interacted with as we move through the world. Wow, Michael. There's so much there in that idea around the name and that being one of our initial contracts really with ourselves, right? You know, I live in Hawaii and I've had the honor of studying with several different Hawaiian kahunas. And they've, one of, one of the ones that I studied with talked about the naming process and how important it has been to the Hawaiian culture and that they believe that you actually choose your name. I didn't grow up with that idea at all. And so learning about this was very powerful because I never actually felt connected to my name growing up. It never was something that I felt a real deep resonance with. And so in this uh, process of working with this amazing woman, I had the opportunity to unpack what my name actually meant. And they believe that your, your name, your middle name and your first name it, within it is encoded your destiny, whether or not your parents had some naming ceremony or they had some big download, it all has happened, whether or not anybody was aware of it. What do you say to people who really just don't feel connected to their name at all? You know, it's, it's interesting that you're sharing this story with me, Amanda, because I also, growing up, didn't really feel like connected to my own name. And I went through stages within my youth of changing my name several times. So uh, when, I, when I discovered how to pronounce the word amethyst, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to change my name to Amethyst. <laughs> and, and then after that, when I was reading Anne Rice, who is the author of the, the whole vampire series, and she wrote the book, The Interview with the Vampire and the Queen of the Dams and all of that. One of the main figures within the book, uh, her name was Maharet. 
And I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. I'm going to change my name to Amethyst Maharat. And so I, I, I went through all of these different things. And, and, um, and some, I look back on some of that and it's comical to me. That, but then I look at other ways in which I've named and renamed myself um, on a spiritual level that really resonates with me as well. But, you know, one of my first entry points into spiritual practice was numerology. And within the context of numerology, everything that has a name also has an, uh, an energetic frequency or an essence that can be expressed in numerical form. Uh, one of the things that we find in the Kabbalah is this concept that uh, the, the, the Lord, that Elohim enumerated the world into existence, that God used numbers and letters and sounds to essentially create this universe. So Pythagoras, one of the founders of mathematics, says that nature geometrizes, that everything in nature goes back to a central and fundamental geometry that can be expressed numerically before it can be expressed in form. So the tree that's in my backyard has a numerical coding that can be expressed with mathematics. It can be expressed in that code, but it can also be expressed as that tree. And the reason why I'm bringing all of this up is because from a numerological perspective, every name or, or the name that we were given when we were born is just as potent as the chart that we were given when we were born from an astrological perspective. So even if your name is Sebastian the Whale Washing Dolphin, then that name, Sebastian the Whale Washing Dolphin, is going to hold within itself the essence of who you are and the destiny that you're meant to fulfill within this lifetime. So I know that uh, there, there are many people who grapple with this whole thing of their name and, and what their name means or the fact that their name doesn't mean anything, the fact that they were just named after a bottle of soda or I have a friend who was named, af who was named after a state and then that same friend their her father named all of their children after several states in America. So one is Nevada and one is Michigan, and and so it, and so it's a whole situation. But but the the point is the point is that if we trust that we were purposefully placed in this lifetime, we can also trust that the name that we've come into this world with, however much we love that name, however much we despise that name, however much we think that that name doesn't have any value, if you know how to study the meaning of that name, you'll find that that name more than likely has the ability within itself to really express who you are at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, no matter how far we try to change things on the outside, who we are still follows us everywhere. And very often that content that we find following us everywhere is the content that we hold within our name and also the content that we hold within our astrology, which is why I think those two subjects, both numerology and astrology are so important because numerology really made me realize that as much as I hated my own name, that my name was beautiful because it holds within itself the coding of who I am or what my destiny is within this lifetime. Mm, wow. Beautiful. Okay. Let's, so, so we're talking about contracts, honoring personal contracts. First and foremost, the contract you have with yourself, you're talking about being very mindful of the verbal contracts that we make with our words. And then you're bringing us to the importance of our name and having a personal connection with that name as a coding for our destiny, but also making sure that other people speak our name in the way that we can receive it, that it's meant to be spoken mm -hmm. as well. And this is all having to do with Mercury and Saturn, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that was at the new moon, but yeah. as you move into this coming week, we have on the 21st, we have the Mercury conjunction with Jupiter okay. and the, the Mercury Jupiter combination is a, a combination for the speaker. It's a combination for the communicator. And one of the things that I think could be very special for people to do at this time on, on March 21st 
is to really commit themselves to what are the sorts of messages we want to be said about ourselves in the world? What are the sort of ways we want to communicate about ourselves in the world? How do we want people to receive that communication? How do we want to be known? I think the Mercury Jupiter has the ability to inspire us in that sort of way. And it's on March 21st, which also co coincides with the vernal equinox when the sun ingresses or returns into Aries. And so I think that with this happening also around the time of the astrological new year, that this is really the time of us setting our new year's resolution. And very often that concept of setting a new year's resolution has to do with how we want for people to receive who we are within the coming year. And so within this coming year, I think, you know, the Mercury-Saturn conjunction at the beginning of the month really primed us for this Mercury-Jupiter conjunction that we find coming um, that we find coming on March 21st, because Mercury, Jupiter, the, the entire purpose of Jupiter from a, from a metaphysical perspective is to help us to find a sense of expansion within the Saturnian world that we find ourselves living in. So all of us are in a physical body, on a physical planet and all of that stuff. And that corresponds with the Saturn things that we cannot change. But within that petri dish of our physical experience, the Jupiterian principle allows us to expand and to grow and to become wise, even though we can't fully jump out of the petri dish into something completely new, we can still live expansively, we can still live gloriously, we can still live with a deeper philosophical meaning to our lives so that our lives don't just become a realm of material consciousness, but our lives also has the ability to elevate ourselves. So on March 21st, the question that you should be asking yourself is, what truly elevates me? What are the things on a philosophical level that gives my concrete, material, mundane life a greater sense of perspective and depth, as well as a touchstone to spirit? Because those things are things that we should really be doing, or those things are things that we should really be doing on the 21st of March in order for us to move into the rest of the month and ultimately the rest of the year with a greater sense of who we are. When you're talking about setting New Year's resolutions, because it's the astrological new year and having this question of how do you want people to receive you? How do you rectify the truth that you actually can't control how people receive you, that how they receive you is, is more their choice and, and you can control who you are and how you're being. You know, I think that that's a great question. And I also think that our own truth to our own energy and our own truth to our name. And once again, here's this word name, but it isn't just, like I said, it's not just a matter of your first name. It's a matter of all the ways in which you want to be identified and seen and known within the world. I think that our relationship to that is something that we really have to solidify within our lives as a thing of utmost importance. Because once we solidify who we are, and what we stand for and where we stand within the world, there is no force save for the, the, the sheer power of the divine itself that should be able to shake us from that. And I think that that resolution in ourselves, that resolution in what we believe in, why we believe in it, and why we're willing to lay our lives on that mountaintop, I think that that resolution is of utmost importance, even as we interact with people who don't have the perspective, who don't have the depth of clarity, and who cannot see the world as we see it, or who cannot see us as we see ourselves. And when we begin to measure our lives by that depth of clarity and that perspective and that conscious awareness of who we are, then we find the circle around us changing, we find the people around us changing because things of uh, when people hold us in a lesser light than the light that we hold ourselves in, the light that we hold ourselves in completely consumes that lesser light around us. And when people can't handle to be in that radiance or in that effulgence or in that flame, they move away and we find people who have the ability to reflect back to us our true nature coming into our lives. So I don't think that we really have to worry about the fact that people hold us and view us from the perspective of their own ability to see based on their own filters in life. Because when we don't match up with those people, the integrity that we hold within ourselves prevents us from staying in those spaces. 
either because we consciously say to them, I cannot be in this space anymore, or because our presence within the world says to them, I cannot be in this space anymore. And therefore, either you're leaving or I'm leaving, but my energy cannot fit within the dim light that you're trying to view me. And I need to be in other spaces. And so either they'll leave or you will leave. But I think that our energy oftentimes creates a place for us in the world far more than our words or even our actions does. Mm. Bam. <laughs> that was like mic drop right there, Michael. <laughs> okay. We've talked about Monday. I mean, we've talked about the whole week and then we've, we've, we've dived into Monday. Are there any other days this week that, that the astrology is significant enough for us to be paying attention as we go throughout the week? Well, as we move into the 22nd of March, we have the Mars square Uranus and Mars square Uranus is a really interesting uh, combination. It's a really volatile combination. And the message there is to not be volatile with your use of energy on that day. A big part of knowing what our name is, is also knowing what the personal limitations of our power is. You know, not everybody is meant to be a great airplane pilot. And it's worthwhile for those of us who aren't meant to be great airplane pilots to know that about ourselves and to allow ourselves to exist within the scope of what is real for us based on the limitations of our own karma and dharma. What is it that actually resonates with you or with us rather and this life that we now live? And what is it that isn't in harmony with us and this life that we now find ourselves living in. Because at the end of the day, not everyone is supposed to do everything. And I think that uh, the Mars-Uranus combination is a combination that gives us a sense of a gung-ho spirit that makes us feel as if we can plow down every mountain and we can scale every height and we can do all of the things. But we should also really be mindful to check our energy on this day, on the 22nd of March, and to make sure that we aren't holding ourselves in the world from a place of immature volatility. Because Mars Uranus can also lead to that, which means it can be a day where warfare springs up in a greater way, or it can be a day where more accidents are prone because there's a need for speed. When in fact, the message within that Mars Uranus is to slow down, really be settled within yourself, really realize that not every battle is yours to fight, not every mountain is yours to scale, and to really be willing to sit with yourself in a way that allows you to possibly pay attention to things that you haven't been paying attention to before. Because oftentimes we speed through life as a means of not paying attention to the pink elephants in the room. When in fact, if we slow down, we realize that, hey, there are some parts of myself that have been left unattended to, and there are some parts of me that I still can't see. And those parts of me are wreaking havoc in the background. So I feel like I should be speeding through life right now because the superficial version of me says, go faster, go faster, go faster. But the more profound internal version of me is saying, hey, the reason why you feel like speeding so much is because you're not paying attention to the painful content within your past, or you're not paying attention to the pink elephant in the room that actually needs for you to slow down, isolate yourself for a day and really think. And so I think that Tuesday is a day for thinking, but it's a day for thinking in a deeper and a penetrative way that doesn't really allow us to give ourselves a break, you know, like really do the soul searching work on Tuesday instead of flying too far. Or too on the fast. 23rd of March, we have the, the Mercury conjunct Neptune and Mercury conjunct Neptune is a great combination for just uh, seeing how we're placing ourselves in terms of, once again, our words. It's all about our words, really. And Mercury conjunct Neptune has to do with allowing our minds to be a vehicle for dreaming and fantasy, as well as for us to start to tap into what looks like something that can fulfill our desires of ourselves. Assuming that you spent the last two days doing the sort of deep internal inventory needed to not only be willing to state your name and redefine what that name represents for you, but also on the Tuesday, being willing to look within the shadows of yourself to see, okay, are there things that I'm not looking at or things that I'm not paying attention to that actually need my attention, even if they suck and even if they hurt? Then we have on the Wednesday, us moving into this period with the Mercury 
directory conjunct Neptune, which says, now that you've done that stuff, what can you reimagine for yourself? What can you bring to life through the sheer force of your imagination? And how does your imagination become a reprieve from you living in the sort of narrow Saturnian frameworks that you may have been living in before? So the Mercury conjunct Neptune is a wonderful day for the dreamer. It's a wonderful day for the poet. It's the wonderful day for the person who needs something to make them feel as if they have access to a more courageous part of themselves in the same way that our imagination can oftentimes paint us in a more courageous light than we actually feel. Wednesday is an appropriate day for you to do that to imagine yourself more courageously, imagine yourself living a life without limitation, imagine yourself really saying, if I had no fears, if none of these things have previously held me back from a fair place within my life were actually existent in my life, who would I be? What would I be able to accomplish in a life lived without fears? And Wednesday really brings that in with our Mercury-Neptune combination. Michael, one of the things that you've talked about or you, you brought up in the beginning and, and I'm hearing it again echoed is this dream, a new dream theme mm-hmm. that, that you're saying is, has been present this whole lunar cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like Wednesday, we have an opportunity to really tune into that. Would you, have you noticed, or would you say that it is natural that we have been noticing the dream someone else's dream that we find ourselves caught in or seemingly Mm. caught in. So there's things happening in the world, things happening in people's lives that don't match whatever that internal dream is at all. Like maybe the antithesis of it. And do you think that sometimes those things come to our awareness so that we can be aware, A, that we're allowing ourselves to be swept up in that dream and B, to really differentiate what it is that we're wanting to bring and get really clear on that, on why we want to bring it. Definitely, Amanda. And I think that this goes back to, I think Abraham Hicks says something about this, where they say that the more we can identify the things within our lives that aren't working, the more we have the ability to see the things that do work. Or the, the, the more we find, the deeper we find ourselves going into a negative situation, the more the path away from that situation becomes clear. So if you find yourself in the relationship with someone who is completely disrespectful to you, then their disrespect highlights the polar opposite of that disrespect, which is respect. So therefore, through being in a negative situation, you find yourself also beginning to itemize the things that represent the good. If I'm with a disrespectful person, then I need the person who gives me respect. If I'm with a person who is unfaithful to me, I need a person who will be loyal. If I'm with a person who calls me ugly, then I need to be the person who will call me beautiful. And so the more we find ourselves going through dire straits in terms of the things in our life that don't work, If we only turned our gaze in the opposite direction, the more we'll find that list of the things that we truly desire being illuminated there for us to move towards. And to your point about getting swept up in other people's stuff, I think we get swept up in how other people prioritize themselves. And then we lose sight of the fact that we are our own priority, or we lose sight that we are indeed the the sun within the center of our own lives. And then we go back and forth between feeling as if, okay, if I let this person down, then I'm a bad person, or maybe um, they're going to think that I'm being selfish, or maybe they're going to feel as if I am being a heartless, whatever. But on the other hand, if I don't let them down, then I find myself repeating this cycle of negative enmeshment or negative entanglement that doesn't really allow me to feel as if I'm a sovereign being within my life who can break free of the shackles of the things that don't work simply because I have such a deep attachment to this negative person or to these negative circumstances. So that becomes the polarized thing that we find ourselves between. One, do I be selfish and do something that is divinely inherently for me and for no one else? Or two, do I stay stuck in the painful pattern where I find myself repeating the same old mistakes again and again 
unable to liberate myself from them. And I think the answer between that is very clear. You know, we're all trying to survive within the world. And a big part of our survival is doing what is truthful to us and doing what really speaks to our heart and doing what allows us to have a sense of, of, of a life of expansion within the world. And if that means being selfish to someone else for the pure purpose of your own continuity and for the purpose of your own expansive life, then sometimes that's a thing we have to do. Because if we're living in harmony with our truth, and if that person is living in harmony with their truth, then nothing that we do for ourselves should register to somebody else as an act of selfishness, because their own truth isn't dependent anymore on our ability to show up for them or on our ability to continue to stay stuck in a negative perception of ourselves that doesn't actually serve our highest version of what's truthful to us. Mm. So on Thursday, so I'm, so caveat, I'm a Uranian astrologer, as well as being a traditional astrologer, which means I usually look to the sky for the hard aspects. And a big part of that within Uranian astrology is because the hard aspects are the things that actually make things happen in the grander scheme of things. Hard aspects are aspects of material manifestation. Thursday is really going to be a continuation of that Mercury-Neptune energy that we find ourselves going through on the 23rd, which would have been the Wednesday. And... Uh, what I think that that actually allows us to do is it just further allows us to get clear on one, what's the thing that I want to do for me? What's the dream that I want to dream for my life? And because Neptune, Evangeline Adams in, in her book, Astrology, Your, Your Place Amongst the Stars, says that Neptune does mean fantasy and delusion and dreaminess and all of that stuff. But more often than not, Neptune is also a combination or Neptune is also a planet that has to do with disillusionment and disappointment as well. And so I think that with this Mercury-Neptune combination, on the one hand, yes, we are dreaming a new way of identifying ourselves. We are dreaming about how to fulfill our desires within the world in terms of our interactions with others, as well as our interactions with our work and our family and the things that we're doing. But at the same time, the Neptune with the Mercury is showing us some of the areas where we find disappointment and is saying, you know, are you actually truly happy with the tools that you have within the environment that you're in, in order for you to do the work that you're meant to be doing? Do the tools that you have, does the placement that you found yourself in within this moment, do they actually help you do your great work or do you find yourself with inefficient tools? Do you find yourself around inefficient company? Do you find yourself in a space that is fundamentally lacking in such a way, whereas it has to, it drives you to, to put yourself in an environment that can actually support you as you begin to build your new vision, your big vision within the world. So that Thursday is just a continuation and is saying, hey, now that you've spent the day on the Wednesday, figuring out what it means to be a fearless version of you, on the Thursday, ask yourself fearlessly, do I have the tools and the equipment within the environment that I'm in in order to actually bring this vision to life? Or do I need to pull back or do I need to replace myself or relocate myself so that I can actually do the work that has been planted within my heart to do right now, because if you don't have the tools, then it means that no matter how much you dream within that same environment, within those same relationships, you will never actually feel a true sense of satisfaction because you will still be trying to make a sandcastle in an environment where no sand exists. Sounds like a little bit of a reality check. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's the big vision. What do I actually need to bring this forward? Mm -hmm. What tangible things do I need around me? Yeah. Okay, let's go to Friday then. So once again, from the hard aspect side of things, Friday is still a low on the uptake. But as we move into, so when I say Friday is low on the uptake, I mean that Friday really sets up another day for us to further hash out these themes. So not that Friday is completely uneventful, but Friday is holding on to that energy of the Mercury-Neptune that we found earlier. And now... After you've decided that, hey, the tools that I have actually aren't available to me where I am, it causes you to realize on Friday, and I'm saying on Friday as if it were a sequence, but it could be a sequence for you if you like, 
but it causes you to realize sequentially, am I living in a universe that's too small for me? And not necessarily the larger universe, but have I allowed myself to live in the fishbowl universe, essentially, because I'm comfortable here? You know, have I gotten comfortable based on the things within my life that don't work? Have I gotten comfortable with the fact that I actually need a hammer to build this house, but yet I'm surrounded by spoons? Have I gotten comfortable with the fact that, you know, things aren't really what I need for them to be, but I understand them in the broken way that they are. So let me just continue to stay. Have you allowed yourself to move into a heavy, dense framework of your consciousness where it's more comfortable for you to stay within the quagmire of things that don't work, but it's less comfortable for you to actually get up and go out and do the things that you need to do because that getting up and going out represents a greater source of change that you're even more uncomfortable with. So I think that it's, it's easy for us to talk to people about change on the one hand, but on a deeper level, we have to ask ourselves, you know, why do people find themselves stuck in awful situations to begin with? And very often it's because those often situations have a familiarity. And as human beings, we're all trying to establish a familiar sense of how we relate to our environment. And so even if the environment that we find ourselves in is an awful environment, the familiarity of that environment still causes us to feel as if that's a place where we need to continue to be. But Friday ushers in the question of saying, hey, are you really, comf are you really comfortable within this framework that you've created for yourself? Because if you're not actually comfortable, then it's very likely that you need to move on. It's very, it's very likely that you need to let go of that tiny universe that you've built for yourself and allow yourself to live within a much wider framework of life so that you can start to attract to yourself some of the things that actually helps you to do your great work. And that can be a scary thing, you know, as we make these journeys away from the hot seat of our comfort, it can feel like we're going through a bit of a dark night of the soul experience. And it can feel as if we are fundamentally letting go of certainty. And it's amazing how many people will hold on to the certainty of a bad situation before actually allowing themselves to tap into the momentum of moving towards a better situation. And so Friday, as we go into the weekend, Friday really ushers in the question of, hey, are you actually at this moment in a situation that's holding you back? And if you are, do you have the intestinal fortitude to get up and go and face your fears in the process of leaving, but also realize that that fear-facing process is also an exhilarating thing to be a part of. It's a wonderful thing when you get up and leave your comfort zone. On the one hand, you have fear and anxiety, and on the other hand, you have exhilaration and the feeling of being alive. And all of these feelings, the fear, the anxiety, the sorrow, the anger, the exhilaration, the zest, the joy, the ecstasy, all of these emotions are a part of getting up and moving towards what we're meant to do. And so we shouldn't only expect to feel good things as we leave our comfort zone behind. We should actually expect to feel some of the heavier emotions as well. But the fact that we're willing to stir all of those things up says that we're willing to not be stuck. And our willingness to not be stuck is an extraordinary thing that allows us to create an extraordinary life for ourselves. Mm. Wow. On Saturday, we have Mercury in a semi-square relationship with Uranus. And I'm mentioning the semi-square because within cosmobiology and, well, I should say Uranian astrology first, because cosmobiology came out of Uranian astrology. So within Uranian astrology and then cosmobiology, we find that uh, these semi-squares, these, these smaller harmonic hard aspects, so the aspects of 45 degrees, so the semi-square being a half of the square and then the sesquiquadrate being three semi-squares, 45 times three. These other aspects that are still a part of the hard aspect family are also very important aspects of material manifestation as well. So that's why I wanted to include the semi-square that we have between Mercury and Uranus on the Saturday, because after you've allowed yourself to break apart the previously held comfort zones that you had and allow yourself on Friday to begin to make some of the moves out of that. And I think I, we should preface this by just letting people know that, of course, no one isn't expecting you to, you know, change your life overnight or completely transform your life um, all at once. But I think that you could listen back to this recording and 
go slowly with this process for yourself. So if you choose to do the thing that we're doing on Monday and let Monday or the, the thing that we're doing today be the thing that you do for the rest of the week, then do that. If you need to extend Monday's lesson for another month, then do that because change takes time and these things shouldn't be approached in an instant automatic sort of way. So if you wanted to take the advice for the next seven days and just spread that over the course of seven weeks or seven months, I think that that's, all, that's also a healthy thing because what we see with this energy is something that says, if you're willing to engage with this story as it's being told, you can choose to start the story in the way that it's being told and slowly unfold the other parts of the story as you go throughout the rest of your month and throughout the rest of your year, if that feels like a better, more steadier pace for you. That being said, on the Saturday, we have the Mercury semi-square Uranus, and that's a wonderful thing to have after going through that experience of realizing that you live in the fishbowl universe. Mercury semi-square Uranus is a feeling of having lightning fill your body. And it's a feeling of being completely alive and completely connected and completely in the knowledge of who you're meant to be and completely in the knowledge of who you actually are. And I was saying to, to a group the other day that, um, that Baal Shem Tov, which is who is one of the great rabbis or one of the great rabbinical scholars, says to us that forgetfulness is exile. When you forget, who you are at a deep level, you essentially exile yourself from the kingdom of heaven. And so this heaven isn't a place that we go to when we die. This heaven is a world that we actively create at this moment. And forgetfulness is exile. And he goes on to say that remembrance is redemption. And Mercury Uranus is a combination that allows us to be completely filled with the lightning of the remembrance of who we are. There's a, there's a Maori uh, or, or Maori quote or a, a Maori chant that says, I am a seed that was sown from the past and I shall never be lost. And I think that when, when I think about that within relation to myself, that fills me with a sense of remembrance that I am a seed that was sown from the past and I shall never be lost. It makes me know that as I move forward within my life, as I create transformation and waves of change within my life, I am allowing myself to trust more where I've come from, to trust that I'm actually built on something, to trust that my life is actually built on something. And I'm allowing myself to know and remember that based on what I'm built on, I will never be lost. I will never be swept away by the tides of change because in riding those tides of change, I'm also calling on the power of who I know myself to be at my deepest, most spiritual level. So on Saturday with the Mercury semi-square Uranus, give yourself the opportunity to trust the lightning that's filling you. Trust the insight that comes rushing into you as a result of choosing to break apart your fishbowl universe. And trust that that insight has the ability to take you onward. And wherever onward leads for you is completely within harmony with where you're meant to be at this moment within your life. Exciting. I wasn't sure if I should do Sunday, but I did prepare for Sunday just in case. On Sunday, we have the Sun semi-square Saturn. And so that's on Sunday, the 27th of March. We have the Sun in the semi-square with Saturn. And Sun semi-square Saturn could kind of feel like a bit of a Saturn return for all of us in a way. And what that really means is that, okay, fine, you, you rode the big wave on Saturday, you allowed yourself to burst open your fishbowl universe, you said the things you needed to say, and now as a result of you saying the things you needed to say that caused your fishbowl universe to burst apart to begin with, you now are buzzing with the energy of, of Mercury Uranus because you feel a greater sense of insight and possibility, and you can see all the ways in which you can now take this newfound freedom back into your life to do something new and original and creative and wonderful. Well, Sunday says, okay, now that you've done all of that wreaking havoc and reconstituting yourself, who are you going to be? What are you making physical now with this energy of sun semi-square Saturn? What are you making physical within the world now that actually allows you to feel a deeper sense 
of what your newfound purpose is. What are you bringing to life? And that could be a very heavy thing, especially after coming off of the high of the Mercury Uranus the day before. That could be a very heavy thing. It's, it's like, oi va avoy. Why do I have to now all of a sudden grow up so suddenly? And a part of that is that because we're all adults, you know, for the most part, uh, those of us who are listening, uh, we have gone through some things in life that have made us mature to a level where, yes, we could experience freedom on one day, but the next day we do have to come back to our adult decision-making processes. And we also have to reorganize ourselves within the Petri dish of life. Because even though you bursted open your fishbowl, you can't burst open the Petri dish until the day you die. Because the Petri dish is this physical life that you live in. So you bursted open the fishbowl, but now you have to reconstitute yourself in a part of the Saturnian Petri dish of life in a thing or in activities that actually turn you on or in activities that actually give you a sense of purposeful existence. And it might feel like having to grow up far too fast, far too soon. It's like, oh my God, I just experienced this freedom. Now I have to grow up. Yes, now you have to grow up because we all have to come back. So take advantage of the processes that we're going through this week. Allow yourself to go through the movement of them, to face the dissatisfaction of being where you are, to slow down long enough to see what's lurking in the background, to also give yourself the opportunity to realize whether or not the tools you have at your disposal are working for you or not to then realize that mm, this fishbowl is too small to hold me and I'm a shark trying to live in the fishbowl so I should probably break open this fishbowl and return to the ocean and know that in returning to the ocean with your adult sharky self, you do also have to make adult sharky decisions about the new version of yourself that you're creating and about the new version of yourself that you want to be. And so don't consider that don't feel overburdened by that because all that is, is the universe saying, now that you've made the change, what are you planning? What new contracts are you planning to stand behind in light of the changes that you've made so that you can move through the rest of your year with a sense of wisdom, integrity, pride, and maturity? Michael, you just perfectly summarized everything that you said. But that's normally what I do at the end. But as you were doing, I was like, wow, that was just amazing. And one of the things that you said to our inner circle community is that the theme for the entire lunar cycle was that we are in a crucible of transformation. Mm -hmm. And what you just outlined for this particular week sounds like a very like tight microcosm of that transformative process, Definitely. right? Becoming aware of the limitations, being pulled by a vision, having to face the things that are keeping you from that vision, having mm. to then step into the vision in a new way. And it all just, it seems like it's laid out perfectly. I, I love to call it the cosmic curriculum. And it sounds like the cosmic curriculum is just like day to day to day to day, walking us through this process. And I love what you reminded us of, that we don't have to do it all at once, that we could sort of be mindful of the process as it's happening, but really decide to focus on certain elements of it as we're going throughout our week. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time on the summary because you just did it so perfectly, uh, but a few reminders. And that is that the overarching theme for this week that you identified was really a lot around these personal contracts and coming back to this personal contract with yourself. One of the questions I love to walk with or ask and just hold in my heart is what am I here to contribute? What am I uniquely formed around to contribute? Mm -hmm. And I love how you emphasize being receptive for the answers because sometimes we think we know or we want it to be something because that's comfortable and safe and it's what we've been doing, but that might not always be the answer that you get. So being open and receptive is something that you reminded us to do. You reminded us to honor the power of our words. You reminded us about the truth in our name, both the actual name and our energetic name. We, we're having lots of opportunities to dream this week. We're having lots of, it sounds like a lot of spiritual opening and awareness is available, which I think mm -hmm. probably will feel pretty good to people because it's, it has felt 
somewhat, I think somewhat mundane and dense a lot of this year so far. So having that opportunity for the more expansive, okay, here, here's the bigger picture. Like uh-huh. here's what's really going on behind what appears to be going on. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, then we're going to have this opportunity to look at the tools and in, in our environment and where it's too small and mm-hmm. then break that open with some sort of like lightning type force mm-hmm. that comes through and just illuminates and yeah. allows us to break open. And this idea of trusting where I've come from, trust the insight. So as you're receiving insights, trust them mm-hmm. and write them down. Or, or, you know, somehow solid, put some energy behind them mm-hmm. and, and really trust where that's coming from. Uh-huh. Michael, it sounds like an amazing week. If you had to give it an intensity score on a scale of one to 10, with one being not intense at all and 10 being the most intense we could possibly have, <laughs> what would you put it at? That's a really good question. I think I'm, I'm looking at Tuesday in particular, uh, which is the day after the equinox when we have the Mars, the Mars uh, Uranus story going on. And that for me feels pretty intense. And that for me feels like the, the highlight, the high period of this a crucible of transformation. And I think it's going to be intense on a personal level, but I also can see that being a very intense day in the world at large because Mars Uranus is a combination of, of things that things that explode or things that or accidents or things that erupt. It is a very volcanic combination. So I think that that's going to be a very intense day in the world, but I also think it's going to be a very intense day for us. And I think some of the disillusionment and the disappointment and all of those things that comes up as a result of that within the coming week, but also the fact that in the loss of those things, we have the opportunity to dream a new dream and think about things in a different way. Um, it feels pretty high up there. I'd, I'd give this week a, I'd give this week a, a solid nine. Mm, okay, great. One of one of our inner circle. I mean, great. Like it's good to know. You know, just good to know. And then mm-hmm. we can we can work with it more productively. Uh, someone in our inner circle named Maya posted. You know, you you said the theme for the month, the lunar cycle was crucible of transformation. And shortly after she posted in our inner circle group and said, does anyone find themselves just going throughout their day thinking or saying out loud, I am in a crucible of transformation. And it was just so funny. There's so many, so many comments underneath of people saying, you know, yes, there's, there's so much going on and just remembering that we are in this crucible can be so helpful and also provide a little comic relief as things feel really heavy and serious. So, yeah. All right, Michael, thank you so much. It's been so wonderful to share this space with you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your insights. I'm sure people are curious, what is Uranian astrology? We've heard of all these kinds of astrology. What is Renaissance astrology? I mean, it's fascinating. And you bring you bring so many different backgrounds and experiences all together in the way that you practice astrology. And it's very inspiring. So thank you for sharing that with all of us here. Thanks to all of you for tuning in, for being a part of this community. Thank you as always for making astrology a part of your life. If you feel inspired to participate in the podcast review contest that we're doing, this is just your final reminder to do it. Friday's the last day. And you could just do it right now while you're thinking of it. Um, just go to your favorite podcast player and leave a review. Make sure you, re- you leave your name so that we can know who you are and look you up in our system when we choose our winners. If you're not in our system, meaning if you've never subscribed to our newsletter or participated in a class, then go to astrologyhub.com insider. And that way you'll, we'll be able to find you when you put your name next to your review. All right. Thanks everybody so much. Take care and we will catch you on the next episode.